Terry Welbrock here. Just wanted to take a moment before today's episode to mention a few things. Uh, today's interview, wow, I learned so much personally. Uh, excited for all of you to tune in and learn, hopefully just as much as I did. Yeah, just such a such an empowering episode. I think I said the word empowering about 20 times <laughs> during our conversation. Some of the things that I wanted to talk about is a reminder that uh, I'm now working on audiobook number five as narrator and producer. You can check out the four that have been released. Go to Audible and type in Terry Wilbrock narrator um, or Amazon. You can you can look for them. It's the, the four books are The Energy Medicine Solution, The Wellness Woman, The Best Bedtime Stories for Stressed Out Adults, book one and book two. I did uh, a series. So yeah, you can check those out. And for those who celebrate Christmas, and I can't believe it's next month, um, and you don't know this, that you can gift audiobooks to folks. So you just go to the um, Audible site and yeah, there's a, there's a way to be able to gift audiobooks, which I think that's such a cool gift idea. Uh, I'm also going to be releasing a video about my mold journey. It's three and a half minutes long, but it's talking about one of the missing puzzle pieces that has helped me tremendously along my journey. And so uh, keep an eye out for that. Go to my Facebook page for the Healing Place podcast and uh, you can find it there. Or if you just want me to send it to you directly, you can reach me at info at terrywellbrock.com. And that's uh, info at T-E-R-I-W-E-L-L-B-R-O-C-K.com. Um, yeah, so I have um, just this tremendous, tremendous um, product that, again, was that missing puzzle piece. You, you know, for th those of you who have tuned into this show for a while, know that I'm always talking about building our coping skills toolbox and being willing to open ourselves up to new possibilities and having a lot of different resources really can help us. There isn't just a one size fits all to uh, our healing journeys. And so it's so wonderful to have such a variety because certain things work at certain times or maybe something works and then it doesn't work or it doesn't work and then it does work. Um, so again, it's just so wonderful to have these options that come across our radar to help us along, along our journeys. So anyway, I'm very, very, very excited about this particular product. So um, yeah, reach out to me or keep an eye out for that video. Again, three and a half minutes long. I'll pop it on the YouTube channel as well, which is Terry Welbrock, if you go to YouTube. All right, now for today's empowering episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and again, smiling and so very happy to have with me today, Marsha Van Weinsberg, and she is a storytelling NLP trainer, speaker, publisher and author and two-time podcaster. So welcome, Marsha. Thank you so much for having me, Terry. I'm thrilled to be here. I am so excited to talk to you and learn from you. And uh, we connected through Podmatch and I was telling you before I hit record how I was I was stalking your Podmatch page and <laughs> finding out everything I could about you. And oh, I, you had some questions on there. And if you looked at 
uh, I printed it off and, I, and I'm like, oh, star, 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 underline, exclamation point, because there were so many things on there that I was like, oh, we did, this needs to be more than a half an hour. So we might have to do like a comeback sometime. We can um, do that. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the first things that I talk about is what does it mean to own your story? So you and I have talked for just a, a few minutes about our stories, which we shared a little bit of our own stories. Um, can you talk to us about your story and um, yeah, what it means to own it? Absolutely. Um, okay. So first off, owning your story, it's such a, such a, a play on words that helped me in a really difficult time. I really believe if you don't own your story, it owns you. And when it owns you, it controls you. It's like, it, it feeds shame. It means more than it needs to. And it can block us from living the life that we're meant to live. And that's literally what happened for me is, is that for years, about 12 years ago, we started to experience teen substance abuse and I'm talking, I'm not, I'm not talking experimentation. I'm talking like to the level that it affected every single aspect of our lives. There's included school, sports, everything. And so it became such a big problem that I was navigating, trying to figure out like, where can I get help? How can I fix them? Right. This is because they're minors. How can I fix them and doing all the things yet still at the same time feeding and getting so much like shame and criticism and judgment from everyone else that I was in this space of trying to find solutions, but hiding from the world at the same time. And I kept doing that until I was in a space of a lot of support counseling, you know, and I really got to a point of when I started to speak about what I was going through, as soon as I added a voice to it, I started to feel like, oh, that was easier. And I started to connect with people. And I know if you're listening, that might seem almost backwards because, you know, you're being judged and criticized, but a lot of times we don't own our story because of the people that are in our life in that immediate moment. Our story isn't meant for them. Our story is meant for the people we haven't met yet who are outside of those circles. And the more I started to share it, the more I was blown away with people who were saying, that's my story. And I haven't told a soul for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And I was seeing people who were being held back by so much shame in their lives that I went, the only thing you can do to counter shame is to give it a voice. You need a, you need a voice in order to change shame. And once you do that, shame can't survive. And so I found myself feeling this space of, I have to do something with this. I feel like I'm meant to do something with this. Now, imagine at a time when you're also hiding in shame, thinking, I know my solution is I'm going to stand up and talk about it. That seems crazy. But it really was the solution. And I eventually, the spaces kept growing, the stages kept growing, the books and things just, and all of a sudden it was just this, it became a purpose. And I think that's because how I navigated healing through this is knowing and believing that this wasn't for loss. This time, this struggle, this challenge wasn't for loss. It could be for something good in our lives. And that's, during the process of doing that, I ended up helping others, but I ended up healing myself in ways that wasn't even on the agenda. I had no idea that's what was going to happen. So I believe whatever you don't own will own you. And you don't have to stand up and talk about it publicly, but if you let it hold you back, it'll block you for the rest of your life. Wow. You, you really gave me an aha moment there because when you said 
that sharing your truth, sharing your story isn't about those in your small circle that are sitting in judgment. That really is incredibly powerful because I remember when I first started sharing my truths of all my trauma, including my mom's addiction, how a certain select few would reach out to me privately and say, I cannot believe you are airing your dirty laundry or tell talking about your mother in this way and just slamming me because my mom was a really sweet, sweet, adorable, funny little lady with this horrific addiction that had a profound impact on my life. So you're right. When I did start to finally put my truth out there and it started, the audience started to get broader beyond that circle. Mm-hmm. How many people we then reached out and said, Oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you. I don't feel so alone. Yeah. That's exactly it. And I think back to years ago before I started, I mean, I was the person on Google in the middle of the night looking for anyone who was struggling because I was just trying to learn what to do. And because we're not talking, we're feeling like it must just be me. Like I must be the only person in the world. I, that's why I feel alone. And it's not, it's just that we haven't conditioned ourselves that it's okay to talk about it and to learn how to do it and how to share that story. Airing your dirty, dirty laundry. I couldn't count the number of times I've received that message. And in the beginning, when I did get those messages, they hurt, they stung, it's hard, but eventually got to a point that it was like, oh, my message isn't for them. And that's okay. Like, or you see with the lens, right? People respond with the lens that they have. And so sometimes what happens is, is when you start using your voice, you're inspiring others, but it's also triggering a part of them because they think I can't do that. And so it really is an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Wow. Again, there's two things today. Once before recording now, while we're recording, I've been like, whoa, (laughs) very powerful. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing one. Well, thank you for being The word I see come off often with your name is vulnerability. Thank you for allowing your vulnerability to shine because it's, I had a therapist once tell me recently, as a matter of fact, that I needed to work on um, the, the vulnerability piece of it. And I remember saying to her, hold up, I find my, my ability to embrace my vulnerability as a very empowering thing in being able to put it out there. And so she was like, Oh, I stand corrected on that. I can see, I think it's very, it is empowering. I, I actually 100% agree. I think it is empowering. Um, I think that we're in a, especially in this time, because most of us are online building businesses, social media, you see all the things, what you see is a snapshot in someone's life. It is not their life, right? It's not, it's not what you're seeing. And so I think that more than ever before is a time that it's okay to say, I have struggles. Things are not easy. This is what I'm doing to navigate it. So I have this little saying that I use a lot and it's called in the story or on the story. If I'm in the story, I am replaying it. I am almost fighting for my limitations. I'm being a victim of my story. It's not really the time to share it. It's not really the time to share the struggles because you will only attract more people who are in that space as well. When you're on the story, you have perspective. You can see, you can, you have perspective. You can see the lessons, the experiences. You can see how it can have a different impact. When you learn how to shift from in to on in your story, 
you can now share it in a very different level. How do you get from in to on? A lot of healing work. A lot of heal. There, there's your healing journey right there. Is shifting from victim mindset to how can I how can I stand on my story and let it be part of me? We take our experiences and we make them be our identity. Like if I can just share this is really a really powerful exercise. We have the story and we have the narrative of the story. The story is the story is the story every day, all day long. You had a mother who battled addictions. I dealt with teen substance abuse. That's the story. The story is never the problem. The narrative that we make of the story is the problem. I failed as a parent. I feel guilt. I feel all these things. It's the narrative that is hurting us over and over. So we have to find a way to work on healing ourselves so that we can shift from in our story to on our story and just stick to the story. Yeah. Again. Wow. I love that. I love it because on our story, it just like almost feels like a podium. Like you're, you you're above it. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's wonderful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. These are the shifts I did with myself. This is like, this is, these are, this is some of the work I had to do with myself to be able to see it differently. And when I started to see that different, I'm like, okay, that helped. That was helpful. And then I started to share it and you could see other people say, wow, oh, I never even thought of it that way. And I went, oh, I could share this too. Like it just, it was a, it was a stumble of really all I was trying to do was survive because I was just trying to figure out one more day and one more day and one more day. And eventually it started to add up and over time it changes and you become a different person through the process. Yes. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I, I will say, I ne- I'd never stopped putting that story out, even though there were the naysayers. Um, and in the end, how many people appreciated witnessing not just that, that quote unquote, dirty laundry part of it, but then, you know, the, the transitions that happened in the, the, the um, triumphs that happened along the way, you know, yes, there still continued to be this roller coaster ride with my mom um, of, of trials and tribulations as well. But, but people were along for the ride to say, Oh my gosh, look at how, look at how they keep fighting. They, you know, they don't give up. And my hashtag was hashtag never give up. And so I think that's, that's also very empowering for people to say, Oh gosh. Yeah. I can, I can keep standing back up and doing this and fighting. It's honestly, it's the most relatable parts of ourselves. Like this quote is not mine. This is Ed Milet's quote, but I use it all the time. It's like the things that you think make you the most unrelatable are actually the most relatable parts of yourself. Like when you can learn how to embrace those parts, people want to know, like, you know, you've been knocked down how many times and you keep getting back up. How do you get back up? Well, these are some of the house. These are the things that I do. I never pretend that I've got it all figured out and that it's perfect and it's easy. Not at all. I just like to share that sometimes it's like I'm navigating. And when I navigate, this is what it looks like. And it's work. It's work to do it. It can be hard, but it's also hard to stay still and do nothing. So I always, my, you get to choose your heart every day. You get to choose what hard you want. It's all hard. I, it, I, it just is. You just get to choose which one you want and one will move you further forward and one will not. Right, 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 right. As I look at my to-do list this morning and be like, oh, I know I have to do this one. <laughs> we'll make it a left turn because I, I, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. I, again, I'm just so enamored with, with your amazing work. I've had 
um, one or two guests on to that have touched upon NLP. So can you just talk to us a little bit about what that is and, and how you utilize it in your work? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So NLP is neurolinguistic programming. It's really how we are processing our world, our thoughts, our emotions, our beliefs, our identity every single day, what we make that mean, the words that we use and how we can use that to our advantage to create the life that we want. And so I, that might sound like, okay, what is all that? But it really was understanding how my brain was working and how I was seeing the world. Years ago, about a decade ago, I really dove into Tony Robbins' work. And for me personally, it was very beneficial at the time because I had to get unstuck. I was constantly stuck in a really negative spiral. And then I started to understand, wait, no wonder I feel stuck. I say the word stuck like hundreds of times an hour. Like it's just literally all I'm saying. So it's what I'm seeing. And I really started to dive into it. And in 2020, I was in a space where I had had back surgery during the pandemic after losing a job, turning 50, life was beyond chaotic and NLP crossed my path. And the one thing that hit me was that there's a lot of tools there to support healing. And I went, okay, wait, that has caught my attention because this is a time you're being invited to learn something different here. You're being invited to learn how to do life differently. And so last three years, I've gone through all levels of my NLP. I now train people how to become practitioners. But the big thing for me there is learning and understanding the tools that we are holding, that tools to change the stories that we're holding on to subconsciously. Our subconscious mind is 95% of our brain. Consciously, we work with our 5%. As humans, we're trying to take our 5% and do all the work with it. So what that means is, is that I set the goal and I'm like, I put the vision board up. I put the plan. I do the things that's consciously going after my goal. That's fantastic. Good job. But 95% of whether I reach that goal has to do with my subconscious mind. What do I think? What do I feel? What do I actually believe? What are those limiting beliefs that I'm holding on to? Because you cannot outwork and outmuscle a limiting belief. You just cannot. You have to get to the root of what those beliefs are. Look at those stories that you've told yourself. Pull the lessons in the from the experiences, because none of it's for loss, right? We're always learning. And then rewrite that story. That was the tool. Those were the tools I didn't have when I started in the beginning. I'm like, you just rewrite it. You just do it. That's consciously going after your goals. There's nothing wrong with it. But then I started to understand the power of my subconscious mind and helping to bring it on board and really prioritize healing. And so now it's like not just rewriting a story. How can we heal that story, what you've made that story mean, and now use that to, you know, regulate our own nervous system, to be in a more less reactive state in our emotions, as opposed to, you know, completely reacting to everything, learning how to respond learning how to be in a different state, learning that it's okay to feel safe. And for some of us, we didn't grow up like that. We did, we, I'm, I was born in the seventies. We were, emotions weren't safe. They were not safe. We're not allowed to talk about anything. We were literally meant to told to put us, push it down, move on. And so decades of doing that, I've, in my fifties have had to teach myself that it's okay to feel. It's okay to feel those emotions. And that's a big part of what NLP has allowed me to do. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. And one thing, so limiting belief, meaning I think one of mine that we we worked on was I'm not worthy. There was a worthiness component. And so that is a limiting belief, right? Yes. And limiting belief is anything that is holding you back. Like subconsciously, it's like, you know, why do you think you can't do something? It's, it's almost like, well, I'm not good enough. Um, I don't know enough. I, to be honest, almost every limiting, limiting belief, when you boil it down, comes down to I'm not worthy. Yeah. And it really does come down to I'm not worthy. And if you have spent your life not validating your feelings, your emotions, not being heard, not being seen, not, you know, if we feel those things, it's really hard at the same time to feel worthy of receiving because we've spent our lifetime blocking those feelings. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I I remember I miss my mama so much as my audience knows she's, she's been gone a couple months now, but having a talk with her, I don't know, maybe in two years ago, And I was really irritated by something and just fuming on the phone. And it was something related to her, but not something she did, but like maybe her bank account or something. I don't know. And I was just, I was just letting it set, setting it free (laughs) that I was pissed off. And Mm -hmm. she, she was like, Terry, why did you get yourself so worked up about these things? And, you know, you need to settle down. She was just giving me the big old lecture. And finally, I was like, mom, listen. I've done an incredible amount of healing work. I am allowed to feel Mm. angry about this. I am allowed to express that anger. I am allowed to work through that anger and come to a resolution. (laughs) Like, so I gave her this, I lectured her right back. And I, it was a very aha moment for her because she was like, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, you are entitled to your like anger about this. And I said, mom, it's justified irritation and and I can express it. I'm an adult now. It's okay for me to say it out loud. (laughs) You can express it. It's beautiful. Good for you. You can express it in a very productive way. There's nothing wrong with doing that at all. It's actually like, I just released a recent podcast episode that when you bury it, you carry it. It's just simple. When you bury it, you carry it. And then how many times have you buried it? And now how much are you carrying? That's like, you're just, it's just layer on layer on layer. And I think that that is a beautiful thing. You're absolutely allowed to express it and to feel it and to share it. And I think that when we do express it, we carry it for far less longer than when we bury it. Ooh, I love that. When you bury it, you carry it. That's awesome. Hear that, mom? She's listening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, there was one more thing that I had on here that I really wanted to um, to touch on base with you. So let me just look for just a second and see what that was. Um, Oh, we talked about the criticism and judgment from others because I put an explanation point by that one. Um, Radical responsibility. What is that what we've talked about? Or is that is that another? That is literally that's a lot of what we've talked about. For me, radical responsibility is like taking full ownership for where I'm at, for what's working, what's not for, you know, being in a space of ownership, taking full responsibility and living at cause in my life. That means that, you know, as I sit here today, we've had massive amounts of chaos in our personal life in the last few weeks. Like just, it's just been like, really, what is, what is happening right now? And that means I could sit as a victim and be angry with the rest of the world because this is not fair. When is this going to stop? Or I can go, okay, I can't control those 20 things that are happening right now and what can be shelved for today. And what do I need to do for me that is going to give me some 
self-compassion, some self-care, some grace so that I have a chance in navigating all of this gong show stuff over here. And that's radical responsibility. And it's not selfish. Put yourself first, especially the problem is as humans, when demands go up and stress goes up, self-care goes down. We just do. We just do on all levels. We don't even give ourselves a fighting chance. And so when stress goes up, self-care has to go up in the exact same trajectory and some things have to go by the wayside and you'll be fine. The house might not be clean. The laundry might not be done, but what are your priorities? That's radical responsibility. And when I find myself in a space where I am not really proud of how I'm showing up, or I'm not proud of how I'm handling something, you know, we completely react and go over the top with something that really didn't require that. I sit there and go, okay, what am I not doing that I need to be doing for me right now in order to handle this better? And that's radical responsibility. The The difference is most humans, and I did this too, um, will stop before they take radical responsibility. They will shame themselves, blame themselves, sit in frustration, sit in anger. Why am I doing this? Why am I, none of that matters. None of that matters. That doesn't change or move the needle. Stop and go directly into what can I take responsibility for? Wow. Teaching me so much. Like I saw the trajectory. I'd never thought about that before. Oh my gosh, so powerful. We do. We do this as humans up and down. We go this way and self-care goes down. And then we're like, why can't I do this? Because we're not even giving ourselves a fighting chance. We're not even trying to help ourselves. Right. Oh, wow. Very, very empowering. I could sit in here and talk to you for hours on end, but I certainly want to give you an opportunity to touch upon anything that you you feel moved to talk about that we haven't had a chance to yet. Well, there's so many things. Um, I love this conversation. I I really think that when I speak of healing journey, I really worked hard for a number of years, and I did rewrite my story, and I did share, and I did publish books, and I you know I shared it from the stage, which was I'm so proud of that work. But I'm even more proud of the amount of time and energy I've put into healing these last few years because I'm a different person now than I was even five, 10 years ago. And so I just want to leave that with people that, you know, your story matters. Your story is important. Don't tell yourself it's not big enough because that's the whole trauma comparison that we all drop into. And then we all have something of value that we can give and share and support others. And if you really want to shift your mood, your energy, your your feeling of stuckness in your life, how can you make your journey about lifting others? It will change the game for you. It will change, absolutely change the game for you. And that actually helped me in my healing, even though I wasn't looking for that. I thought, no, no, I'm fine. I can figure this out. I've gone through lots of hard things. I've done this. I can do it. But as I started to share it, I was healing on levels that I didn't even know was possible. And so when you put yourself first, you take and make yourself a priority and maybe if you feel stuck, how can you make that journey about someone else? You you really, we're all walking through incredible challenges every single day. And there's so much more available for us. We just have to keep moving and allowing ourselves to feel and all these things. So I just want to, there was a lot of points right in there. But I also want to share that whatever is tugging down on you to do something. If you're a person who's like, I've always wanted to do something with my story. I've wanted to share it please find a way like that is the that's the work that I get to do with people today is I really help people to share vulnerable stories whether it's from the stage a podcast or a book um 
when you know that you've walked through something and it can do something good for yourself and for others, like it's, it's a pretty powerful thing. Amen. Oh, I've said it on the show and I'll say it again, folks. It's not a trauma race. <laughs> we oh, are I love that. I love that. That is, that is probably one of the most common things people say. I've thought of writing a book, but you know, my story is not as bad as everyone yeah. else. Or I didn't have like the big trauma story that they think you have to have a big trauma story in order to be on stage or to write a book. And you don't, you don't, I don't, please don't. You're right. We, this comparison piece is not serving us at all. Right. Right. No pain is pain. Heartache is heartache. It's, it's, it's not a comparison thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Very powerful. So how do, how do folks connect with you and where do they find your books? So the easiest way to connect with me is if you were to go to, you could even go to Google and just start typing Marsha Van W. All my social media is that um, almost the first, like first page that comes up on Google is um, me indirectly related to that. My book is called when she stopped asking why, because the why was killing me. And I just like to say that. So if you're a person who's stuck in asking why that's never going to move you forward. It's like I had changed all my why questions to what, because what is an action word. And that kept me moving in a way that was supportive. My podcast is called own your choices on your life. And we've just crossing episode 600, which is crazy. Um, I know, right? It's crazy. Um, and that's where you can find me. I think the the biggest thing I can say out of all of that is, is again, if you get that drop down to do something, remember there are people outside that in, intimate circle, like that intimate circle of people that you're so afraid of showing up and sharing. Because when I think now the work I get to do today, none of it would have been possible if I hadn't started sharing like a decade ago. And if I would have listened to everyone in my life, I would have never even started. So don't, don't block yourself before you start. Oh, I, I say amen and hallelujah to that. It's again, once I started putting my stuff out there, I would get all these private messenger, Facebook messenger messages or texts or whatever. And people pulling me aside in the church parking lot and saying, oh my gosh, like I've never told anyone before, but, and then we'd, we'd share something about a, a trauma story that I had finally, finally put out there in my forties. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Very it's, empowering. It's very, and I, I love that you shared that. I, I thank you for doing that because we need more and more people doing this and this kind of work. And I just want to say one quick thing, if it's okay, is this, this fact that it's not the story that connects us. People are panic about the story and how do I share it? And it's not the story. We are connected by our emotions, our experiences, the lessons that we've learned, the feelings, like those are the things that connect us. Because when you're sharing about a parent, I'm like, oh, I can relate to that one. I understand that. We share about a son. It's like, yeah, I know that feeling. I remember that feeling. So we're way more alike than different, like way more alike than different. And the reason that we feel so alone is because we're not talking enough about the things we're walking through. Oh, I gosh. I, again, I say yes, yes, yes to all that because it's, it is so liberating. So I keep saying the word empowering, but it is, it's, it's just um, very empowering. It will change your life. It will change your life and change your trajectory. I promise you it will. Yeah. I promise. You it will. It's like I'm a complete. Like I said I'm a completely different person, and 
when I sit in a space of like, I don't know what to do next. And I get afraid of doing something. I think, okay, go back and look for evidence. We all have evidence somewhere. And I look back at my evidence. I'm like, all right, you were super scared. You used to do Facebook lives. You did them in the dark so that nobody would even see you. It's just crazy, but I did. And you know what, that messy action, when you start it, you got to start there before you can even get anywhere else. So it's don't underestimate those little things of starting. Oh yeah. Just take those first steps. Yes. Awesome. Well, it's just, again, been so wonderful to have you here. Thank you for uh, sharing your vulnerability and having that uh, courage to take those first steps and yeah, do those Facebook lives in the dark because uh, just what a gift it is to the world. Oh, thank you so much, Terry, honestly, for your words, for the work that you're doing, for having me as a guest here and for just continuing to open up these conversations about healing and what it can look like. It really does show others what is possible. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today on the Healing Place, on the Hulaha. There we go. On the Healing Place podcast. <laughs> Until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock here. Just wanted to thank you again for being a part of this healing space and my hashtag hope for healing journey. Thank you for sharing, liking, inviting others to join, listening in. Uh, You've really helped this show blossom. It has now been downloaded in 136 countries and is in the top 2% globally out of 3.2 million shows, which is just amazing. And it's all because of you and you're tuning in and inviting others and sharing and liking and loving and your reviews on Apple really help too. My goal is to hit 100 five-star reviews uh, by the end of the year and I am closing in on that. So if you are listening in on Apple or Apple Podcasts, please go and rate the show and leave a review if you absolutely love it. And uh, I would be most appreciative. Also, if you would like to receive my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, please be sure to go to terrywellbrock.com. It's T-E-R-I, just one R, W-E-L-L-B-R-O-C-K.com. And I have a, uh, a gift to send you for signing up for that monthly Hope for Healing newsletter. Plus, there are many other resources listed on that page, including a resource library. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.